0: It's time to talk about the path ahead. The road to the postseason, the trade deadline, and, and, and we'll get the Rising star stuff in at the end. That rhymed. I didn't mean that to, to rhyme. It did. It maybe didn't. I don't know. Can, can words rhyme with themselves? I don't know. It's time to lay out the roadmap. It's time for Locked On Magic.
2: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team... Every day.
0: And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is February 1st, 2023. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert and insight site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Just follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR_omd. underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're gonna lay out the roadmap for the rest of the year. The Orlando Magic, sitting at 20 and 31, have the same record they had in 2019 when they made their amazing run to the playoffs, their 22 and 9 push to get the seventh seed in the 2019 playoffs. We'll talk about what's similar and what's different about those two teams and the path ahead for the Orlando Magic. Plus, why the trade market. It's going to make things very difficult for the Orlando Magic. We'll get into some trade deadline talk, but more trade deadline later on in the week. Uh, but we'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Lockdown Podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for a Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I made this point a few days ago. Um, I'll make this point again here. In 2019, just four short years ago, we all thought that the Orlando Magic were cooked. I actually went back and looked. Um, January 29th, 2019, the Orlando Magic lost the Oklahoma City Thunder. I wrote an article. I probably did a podcast about it. uh, uh, My archives go that deep. um, About how Steve Clifford kind of challenged his Orlando Magic team to be as good as they know they can be. No one expected the Magic to do what they did over the final thirty-one games to go twenty-two and nine to be one of the top offenses and defenses in the league over the last quarter of the se- quarter plus of the season to get to forty-two and forty and earn the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. I know that is not the main prize. I know that is not the end goal. That is not the be-all end-all of everything. But that that is always going to be one of the most memorable seasons in Magic history. That is always going to be a team that we will look back on fondly, and as much as people, and I still get this, um, say you know that delayed the inevitable, which it probably did. It, it also put us on the path we're on now. Um, it was still really important and really energized this fan base and, and gave us moments that we won't forget. You know whether it was the win over the Warriors, whether it was. Uh, DJ Augustine schooling uh, a young Trey Young, whether it was DJ, uh, the, the win in Boston or, or the Game 1 win over the Raptors before they won the title. Uh, that Game 3 in the Amway Center was was special. This isn't about litigating that team, though. It's about merely pointing out that this year's Magic team, as different as they are, as, as different as their trajectory and their history is, are sitting in the exact same spot. In 2019, the Orlando Magic were 20 and 31 and five games back of the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. Today, the Magic are 20 and 31 and sitting four games back of the final play in spot, the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference. The path that these two teams are going to have to travel are not dissimilar, they're not so different and the task, and while Orlando probably doesn't have to get to 500 uh you know that that year 42 and 40 was the number to get in i would say this year the number to get into the play in is probably going to be about 37 38 wins so we're 17 wins away if you want to view it that way it's still going to be a difficult trek ahead and one that this team can can do they have the talent to do it but one that we all have to recognize is going to be difficult because what the Magic did in 2019 was really special. For a team to suddenly wake up like it did and have everything click, that isn't normal. It does happen. It's not like it doesn't exist, but it's not normal. And that's where this young Magic team sits. Certainly capable and, and like Game 51 in 2019. Game 51 for the Orlando Magic was a gut check. Game 51 for the Orlando Magic this season was that team having to understand very quickly how good they can be. And having to show it on the floor in a very meaningful way. That is... That is something... Like again, that is that game on Monday was really consequential. And obviously, it's only as important as tonight's game against Philadelphia. For Orlando can't show the same effort. I don't know if they have to win tonight, but if the Magic can't show the same effort, intensity, focus that they showed in the second half of Monday's game, if that doesn't carry over, then Monday's game loses its, its significance and importance. So just just you know, you know, momentum is the next day's pitcher. But there are key differences that are worth noting. In 2019, the Orlando Magic had already established themselves as a solid defensive team. Despite their record, despite where they were, the Magic were 16th in the league in defensive rating. This year's Magic team is, I believe, 25th in offensive rating and 23rd or 24th in defensive rating. If anything, these postseason hopes the Magic have are both a product of the play-in tournament and, and the opportunity that it creates, uh, but also a sign that the Magic might be outperforming their record just a little bit. Now, obviously, things change if you chop off those first 25 games. Uh, you look you look at the team since Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony came back, since it's after the losing streak ended. The Ma- there are signs the Magic are improving, and, and some of it is their defense, but a lot of it is their offense has gotten a lot better. Their defense since the losing streak ended since December 7th, it's still like in the teens, low teens. Meanwhile, their offense has gotten a lot better, especially in January. This is to say that one of the reasons the 2019 team was able to be successful was a lot of things were already quietly clicking. And that was a veteran group that understood how to play And how to manage the season in a way that this young group doesn't. And so, if we're allowed to be skeptical that this team can make that same run, this version of the Magic, the 2023 version of the Magic, there, there just aren't signs in the numbers to tell you that everything's clicked. I mean, the word of the second half of the season... The theme for the second half of the season for this Magic team, for the 2023 Magic, is consistency. And we can't say that the Magic are super consistent right now. Um, we're asking every game to, ha- to, to have carryover, to see the same defensive energy. We don't know what Magic team we're going to get. And part of that's just being young. Learning consistency is a young thing. Uh, and, and so this team's super-duper Duper young. But they're going to need consistency to make this kind of a run. A consistency that the 2019 Magic were showing. Maybe they hadn't put all the pieces together, but they they showed that they could play. We knew that team was different. And while certainly there was concern uh, on January 29th, 2019, that that team was about to get broken up by the trade deadline, um, even with Nikola Vucevic set to become an all-star for the first time, um... The Magic ultimately stuck with it and were rewarded for that faith in their group. Who knows if that will happen this time around. And we'll get to some deadline talk here in a minute. I'm not here to tell you that that the Magic cannot make the play in tournament. That it is not impossible for them to do it. I I believe this team is postseason capable. They're 15-11 and in their last 26 games. They are more than capable of making a postseason run. They are more than capable, more than talented, more than skilled enough to do it. My question is whether the hole is too deep and whether this team can have the consistency to do it every single night. They've got a difficult schedule, according to Tankathon, the 11th most difficult schedule by opponent win percentage remaining in the league. At this point, that is a little bit significant. Obviously, you're about to chop off two games against Sixers. You got chopped off one Monday, you chop off one here. That schedule is going to get a lot easier, but this road trip is a big one for Orlando to settle themselves in and see if they'll make the make a push, getting a win, splitting this road trip, going 2-2 two two on this road trip. They play Charlotte on the last day of the road trip, so that already feels kind of nice. No offense to Charlotte, who's playing very, very well right now, by the way. Um, splitting this road trip would be a huge step forward for this group and would help this team kind of keep the ship level, which they've done a very good job of. This road-heavy stretch to the All-Star break is... A big test for this young team. And if they could, again, weather this storm, stay in the race, maybe try and pick up a game, they'll be in really good shape. But they also have a March West Coast trip uh, for the NCAA tournament that's going to be very tough, too. That's not something that the 2019 team had to deal with. 2019 team had a lot of home games, including a five-game homestand right before the end of the season where where they swept through it and built insane momentum heading into the last stretch of the year. This Magic team can certainly do it, but it's going to be a very tall task. It's going to take this team locking in and showing a consistency that they haven't shown before. It's not impossible, but this group has work to do to get to that level. Of course, hanging in the background of all of this is next Thursday's trade deadline. We're going to talk a little bit about what the market's looking like. And where the magic stand in it, we'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at FanDuel. Let me get the overlay on. Ooh. This year, the only app you need at to Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America. FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can could, you could bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to points spreads to who will score a touchdown. You can also get rookie of the year odds. Those are always fun. I don't know if the Rising Stars MVP odds are up yet. Um, FanDuel is currently not available in Florida, so I can't check everything as, as often as I'd like. Uh, but I am sure Paolo Bancaro will be the favorite for that too. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to you. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. I've been avoiding it. Uh, I, I've talked a little bit here and there. Um, we will talk more trade deadline on Friday's episode of Locked on Magic. That is the plan. I'm actually recording that podcast today. Um, so we will we will get into plenty of trade deadline talk. Um, but I, honestly, like, it's looming over this team. I am not expecting the Magic to be super active at the deadline, to be perfectly honest. Um, I am I, I, I am not expecting the Magic to go crazy. Um, I know there's fans who are pushing to go after Fred VanVleet, to go after OG Ananobi, to really make a big, splashy trade. And honestly, even though I think the Magic do have some assets to get the job done, especially especially some draft capital, I just don't see that as the right move, especially since if the Magic really want Fred VanVleet, they probably have the money or can get to the money to sign him in the offseason. I'm not saying that's the right decision, but they can do that. They could do the same with Gary Trent Jr., you know, again, the only benefit they would get is bird rights. And really, really, it's this this part, this is the difficult part for the trade deadline for the magic. The trade deadline is about buyers and sellers. Um, it is not mutual agreements, it is not trades that help each other out. This trade deadline is about two things. The trade deadline every year is about two things. One of two things setting up the rest of your season or setting up your summer. And the teams setting up their summer are the ones that are selling players to get themselves in the position they want for the offseason. The teams that are buyers are the ones trying to set up the rest of their season. And so, what I've constantly argued or what I believe about the Magic is that they are neither. They are not a buyer, they are not a seller. Their summer's already set up. They've got tons of cap room, they got all their draft capital, they got a bunch of young players they want to see develop. They don't need to sell anybody off. The only piece of urgency when it comes to selling for the Orlando Magic is Terrence Ross becomes a free agent. Mo Bamba's got a, 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 a semi-expiring deal. He's got a team option for next season. Uh, you know, Gary Harris is the same deal. They got a lot of these option contracts that they don't mind keeping and they don't have to make decisions on until the summer. So really, the only piece of urgent business that the Magic have to do is Terrence Ross. And honestly... Not the end of the world if he pl- stays with the team for the rest of the year. He's, a good, he's been a good veteran. He's not been too upset that he hasn't been playing of late. Um, or even, honestly, as much as it would suck not to get anything for him, buying him out isn't the worst thing either because then Caleb Houston gets more playing time. Then you can maybe upgrade Kevon Harris to a to a regular contract. There are benefits to sitting tight and, and, and waiting. And, and, and again, you're not losing a whole lot. Honestly, like I, I know that, that Jeff Waltman gets criticized for not using second round picks. I'm pretty indifferent to second round picks on this team. They're, they're just, again, they're just assets. And, 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 you know, unless it's coming from a team that's likely going to be bad, they're not that valuable. A second round pick is, is more valuable in theory than it actually is. I hate to say that. Um, but the Magic aren't quite buyers either. Because as fun as it is to talk about the postseason, as fun as it is to talk about this team taking that next step, they don't have to take that next year or this year. I say this all the time. I've talked about this all the time when we talk about rotations, about coaching decisions, about, about a lot of things. This season is not about this season. Yes, it's great that the Magic already have 20 wins. Yes, it's great that the Magic are playing so well. Yes, it's great that uh, that the team is at the postseason. chase. That's all a sign that they're doing the right things. But it doesn't matter that much to what this team ultimately wants to be. Now, obviously, if the right deal comes along, if the right opportunity comes along, you take it. I love what the Atlanta Hawks did when they got Clint Capella. That set themselves up for the rest of for, for the next two, three years. And if the Magic find a deal like that that they really like, go for it. Be creative. Um, but the market is going to treat the Magic like selling. And 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 this is the this is why I think there's just not a lot of room to make a deal. Is the Magic want to be buyers? The only guys are trying to sell. The only guy they're trying to sell potentially is Terrence Ross. But otherwise, they've got a roster to think about. They've got a team to think about. They're not throwing the towel in on the season, and they know that they're about to burst. This this year's going to be fun, low pressure, all good. Next year's going to be a playoff year. And the Magic have to set themselves up to be a playoff team next year. Like, let us I'll say that out loud today. The Magic should be focused on making the playoffs next year. No more low pressure. No more no pressure. This team is ready. They are talented. The Magic need to be a playoff team next year. They need to take that leap. We need to see that progress because rookie contract times are running out. Uh, Franz will be in his third year. He'll have one year left on his rookie contract. He'll be extension eligible. Paolo Bencaro after next season will be two years into his career, two years into his rookie contract. you got to start making that sizable step forward. And so in that sense, the Magic should be buyers. The Magic should be thinking, how can we make our team better quicker? And Like I said, I think better deals, I think more mutually Beneficial deals are made in the off-season. I don't think they're made at the trade deadline. I don't think the Magic will get the kind of deals that they want here. I'm sure some of the negotiations they're probably having today will carry over into the summer. So don't take a quiet trade deadline to mean that the Magic aren't doing their work. We'll see what their work is in June and July, uh, and I guess August too, but uh, we'll see what their their work is in the summer. I think that's when the Magic will make their their big deals because right now the Magic want to be buyers – but the market is going to tell them you're a seller. The market's going to say, "What can we get for mobile? What can, can, can will you take two seconds for? Obama? Will you take a second for Terrence Ross? Can we get Gary Harris for a top twenty protected first? That's what the and, and then some salary flotsam. them. That's what, how the market is going to treat the Magic. The Magic could be aggressive. They could go after their targets. They could go after O.J. Adenobi. They could go after Fred VanVleet. They could go after Gary Trent. They could go after." Whoever else they're thinking about. You could go after someone we're not even thinking about, by the way. They go off Bones Highland. They there are players the magic could chase. But are they ready to expend those assets now? Are they ready to push their chips in now and push their chips in on a team that, you know, isn't its final form? Again, I, I think I, I just think there's better deals to be made in the offseason than there are today. But the, rest of the, the, the way to make a deal, you can't make a deal by yourself. And so, so much of what we're seeing, so much of what this team is going to do at the deadline is dependent on what other teams think and whether other teams are willing to give the Magic what they want or whether the Magic are willing to give other teams what they want. We know how Jeff Waltman is certainly willing to deal at the deadline, but he's pretty conservative. We haven't seen aggressive Jeff Waltman yet. And we're going to have to very, very soon. There's no doubt about this. But this trade deadline puts the Magic in a tough spot if they're looking to make a deal. Because sure, you could give Mobambo away for two second-round picks if that's really what you want to do. But they also need a center. Their center depth isn't great. See? You also kind of need Mo Bamba. Gary Harris, I, honestly, I don't think the Magic will trade him. If the Magic do trade him, it'll be for a heck of an asking price because he is so important to this team. I don't think the Magic are quite ready to trade Cole Anthony yet. Um, although that might be down the road because his, contr- his, his contr- this was his third year. He is extension eligible this offseason and I don't think the Magic are... I don't think it's clear how much the Magic should or will be able to pay him. Um, it's it's a tough spot. And so I think the Magic are going to do their fishing. They're going to do their due diligence. But I'm suspecting and, and expecting a very quiet deadline for Orlando before we get to a very busy offseason. We're going to chat a little bit about the Rising Stars game as we get a couple of Magic players heading to Salt Lake City We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you gotta try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. I think I'm doing okay. I've only gone through one bag of Chips Ahoy cookies. But if you're like me, where you wanna eat healthier, but don't wanna compromise taste, then man, you've gotta try Built Bar with built healthy is actually tasty seriously they're so delicious you won't even you won't even think they're good for you they're perfect for your new resolution what makes built bars so good well they're covered in 100% real chocolate so that that right there just doesn't and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond i'm really not sure how built does it but every flavor that i try is like so good tastes just like a candy bar and i know it's not going to kill me where it hurts um, and that's 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 the sides and the stomach Um, Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now, you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run and grab a 13-bar box with our Hit Flavors Brownie batter and churro, you will thank me later. Check them out today wherever you get. Check them out at Walmart or Sam's Club, or of course at Built.com. Try them today. Built bars are the best.
1: This lockdown podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients.
0: All right, some brief news to get to you today as we get set for All-Star Weekend in a couple weeks. Obviously, Magic's still out on the road, but the Orlando Magic will officially be represented in Salt Lake City for the NBA All-Star Game. Now, we should get uh, All-Star Reserve announcements tomorrow. We're not expecting Paolo Bencaro to be an All-Star Reserve, but he will be one of the headline acts for the Jordan Brand Rising Stars Challenge. Um, this game will be played exactly like it was last year. The, uh, the, the player pool... Will be split up into four teams. There should be three teams this year. They're going to have a G League team as well that will be led by potential second overall pick Scoot Henderson. So you'll get to do some draft prep as well during this game. Um, But Paolo Bancaro is very much the headline and and probably the favorite to win Rising Stars MVP um, in this game. Um, This will be—I'm really excited about this game. Uh, We, just like we were excited about this game last year. Because the Magic aren't on national TV, and so this is a national showcase for the Magic's young players. Um, Paolo Baincaro is a runaway rookie of the year. I don't think anyone's debating that. He was on the jump He was on uh, the jump on ESPN yesterday. Everyone knows how good he is, but, but very few people have seen him. Um, if there's a reason why Ben Matherin or Walker Kessler has kind of snuck into some of the— and even Keegan Murray have snuck into rookie of the year conversations, it's because— Paolo Bancaro is not a highlight machine. He's just a constant, steady drumbeat, um, which is honestly the highest compliment you can give a rookie. Um, but he's not putting up crazy numbers every, no- every night other than just consistently scoring 20 points. Um, and he's not doing highlight reel stuff that just gets everyone's attention. That's okay. That's what we love about Paolo. Um, but this will be an opportunity for the world to see him play, and, and, and I'm really excited for it. I, I'm sure he's very excited uh, to be in this game. I know he believes he's Rookie of the Year. I think it's important to him that he wins Rookie of the Year. He will win it. It's it's pretty much done at this point. Um, and so it's going to be great to see him play it. And I expect him to really put on a show and to really try and push him, put himself in the game and really show why he's so good. Uh, honestly, I expect Paolo to be the number one pick in the Rising Stars draft. Um, those That roster pool, I don't know when that draft is taking place, but obviously it's got to be done before uh, two weeks from Friday. Franz Wagner will also be making appearance in the Rising Stars game for the second straight year. Uh, Wagner just kind of chilled out last in last year's game. I I don't think that game is really designed for a player like him who just makes his team better. Um, But he got his team to the he he won his team the the Rising Stars Championship last year at the free throw line. Um, So we'll see how that goes. Again, the format is the same as last year. I, I don't know what score they're playing to, but. The teams will be broken into, into teams of four. There's a G League team already, so that, that team is set. So the, the NBA roster will be split into teams of three into, into and into, into three teams. They're going to play two mini games and then one championship game to determine the winner of the Rising Stars Challenge. I, I love this format. I loved how it worked out last year. Kept things moving very quickly. Got Got everyone very competitive very quickly, so we didn't get kind of the laziness that we typically see from the Rising Stars game. Um, there's still plenty of laziness and plenty of just pure highlights, but when the games got serious, the games got serious. Um, and, and, and so I really like this format and, and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how these teams play. Uh, I am sure there's going to be some intrigue with Scoot Henderson playing because I'm sure he wants to show out against NBA players, even if they're playing at half speed. Um, and again, I'm, I'm excited to see how how Paolo and Franz look on a big stage. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter. At Philip R R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and have a podcast so you tune tuned in Himla, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the Foot Places podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. For later on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out Orlando Magic You could follow, follow us there on Twitter at Magic Daily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the game to game NBA podcast. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This is Phil Bronson, Mike Next time for another episode of. Locked on Magic.